0: Where the hell have you been, soldier? Training, sir! Training, sir! What kind of training, son? Pizza training, sir! Hey, welcome to episode number 67 of Drew and Sam Talk Training. I am Sam with Fouser Consulting. And I am Drew with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. And for the first time in, I don't know, six or seven episodes, both Drew and I are in the beautiful town of Dexter, Michigan. That's amazing, isn't it? How is it that we're never home? If we're being honest, it's it's kind of a good thing along with being a bad thing. I mean, obviously, everybody wants to be home, but if we're home, we're not working. So, um, you know. I I guess I'm, I don't guess. I'm super grateful
1: that we're working as much as we are. So that's a good thing. 100%. Normally, though, even when we're doing our working thing, there's time home. And yeah, that's true. It's
0: been a hectic five or six weeks. That's for sure. And, um, you know, thanks to Mike Rompel and and Salt Lake City, we've been inside of a lot of pizza stores lately. And, you know, with, with that being inside of pizza stores, we have seen, a lot of customers and seeing a lot of customer interactions and had some opportunity to do some coaching in real time with very current customer situations, not stuff that Yeah, well when I was a manager, we treated customers like this. And you know,
1: that was twenty years ago. When I was a manager, we had rotary phones with thirty foot cables. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what we're gonna talk about today is is current.
0: In fact, it happened within the last couple of weeks. So, uh, Lucas, roll some Tom Petty, and then we're gonna talk training and uh, see if we can learn how to fly and be better customer service agents.
1: Fly, wings. All right, Sam, so you teased it up. So tell everybody more about what you're thinking from a customer service agent standpoint. Do you have an example you want to share? You know, I do, as a
0: matter of fact. And I think I want to preface this whole conversation we're about to have with a couple of things. First and foremost, you know, you and I have said it a lot of times, the things we really like doing is making the job easier for the general manager. And today's little soapbox, it'll probably turn into quite a big soapbox because I'm pretty passionate about customer service. But today's is all about making your job easier taking some stress out of your life and not having you expend the energy that you need to handle the rush on trying to be csi domino's pizza and figure out if somebody is is really worthy of a great customer experience i was in cottonwood in fact and uh lehua was running the store she's just awesome and She's back on the phone. I can tell she's getting a little frustrated. And she says to me as she puts the phone on hold, thankfully. Uh, tip number one in episode number sixty-seven, always put the phone on hold so the customer can't hear you talking. But she says to me, damn this guy ordered a sandwich earlier today. He said he didn't get any chicken on it.
1: Inconceivable.
0: What should I do? And I looked at her and I said, You should make him another sandwich. And she said, but he ordered eight hours ago and I looked at her and I said, you should make him another sandwich. And she gets off the phone and she makes a sandwich. And I said to her, how long did it take to do that? She said it took us a couple of minutes, but I said, but nothing. That conversation of, well, I'll just make you another sandwich took 45 seconds. It took you a couple of minutes to make it. We sent a driver out. The guy gets the sandwich and we're all in a couple of bucks in food and maybe 10 minutes where she could have been on the phone for 15 minutes with him arguing about why he didn't deserve the sandwich. Now, did he deserve the sandwich
1: or not? I don't know. Oh, wait, can I, can I add to that? Yeah. I don't care. There you go. That's exactly where I was going next.
0: here's the deal, you apologize, give them what they want, give them something extra and get on with your life. We're just so interested in figuring out whether or not they're trying to scam us that we lose sight of what's going to make our lives easier. And here's the real big thing. We don't even have to pay for it. I don't know about you, Drew, but every franchisee I talk to about customer service just says, give them what they want and get on with your life.
1: Let's try and I know math is hard, but let's try and do math real quick, Sam. You ready? Like I said,
0: I'm good with calculation.
1: Food cost in that sandwich, ballpark to me. Dollar eighty seven. Maybe two let's say two fifty. Let's round up, do thirty minutes of labor. Okay. Um eight bucks all in. Fabulous. So ten dollars. If I can assume a twenty percent. E, well, probably make like a ten percent EBITDA on an order. The average customer orders like twenty four dollars. so I should get two bucks in EBITDA and the average customer orders 10, I'm sorry, uh, five times a year. so it's gonna be about ten bucks is what the bottom line is for an average customer. So the question is, do you want to spend the 10 bucks now to get ten bucks a year every year from this person? or do you not want to spend that ten dollars to have that person tell ten friends? or a hundred friends, or go viral and have a thousand friends and lose 10 bucks per person they tell. The math at the franchise level is really insanely easy, given the 10 bucks now. I think I've talked about it on
0: episodes before. I, I love playing golf. And when you've got a tricky shot, there's this whole risk reward equation that you've got to come up with. Is the risk of trying to make this one in a hundred shot worth the reward of getting on the green instead of getting close to the green? And to me, is the risk of saving the 10 bucks now worth the reward? And, you know, it's just not because the reward is the $10 now and the risk is the thousand customers at $10 a year. So it's so easy for us sitting in front of these microphones to just say, apologize, give them what they want, give them something extra. And when you're in the pizza store and things are going on and you get that spidey sense that someone is just trying to get a free pizza and that's rubbing you the wrong way because you just made a hundred pizzas and people paid for them. And why do people have to do this? I mean I get it. I absolutely get it. I it's okay that it gets your dander up, but you want to save money for the franchisee and you don't want to just give people you know, free food because they're taking advantage of the system. But let's circle back before the math is hard because math is hard, but it's just easier. It's, it's just so much easier. Do what's easiest for you in this situation, give them what they want, get them off the phone and
1: move on to the next order. Sam, you and I are talking about stuff we were doing. And I know we talked inventory on a couple episodes recently. The last inventory class I taught with a couple supervisors became a disc class. As a person who is a C, kind of, it means I'm conscientious. It means, though, that I want to be right. And I I tell you this because in the beginning of my Domino's career, customer care cases would drive me nuts because I was the person that took the phone call. I was the person that made the pizza. I was the person that boxed the pizza. I was the person that sent the pizza out the door. And you're going to tell me it was wrong. I know it wasn't wrong. Here's the key phrase. I know I was right. And the thing here is I'm putting it, I'm putting all of my ego into this customer's perception of a thing that's sitting in front of them, which creates all of this tension. It's not the customer creating the tension. It's me and my perception that they are somehow assailing my fabulous pizza making ability. And this has nothing to do with it. It has nothing to do with being right or being wrong. Now, Sam, I will add that occasionally on a customer care case, I will turn inward to my store and go, are we doing everything we're supposed to do? Let's assume for a minute that sandwich didn't actually have chicken on it. Where could it have broken down? Right. I will do that now. Let's make sure it doesn't happen again. That's it. It's never about us. And it can't be about us because as soon as you want it to be about us, that's how like people show up to the store and throw food at you. You want to dance, pretty boy? Because you wanted to argue with them. Yeah. Our
0: job is to de-escalate, not to escalate. And I think anytime we start to argue with Karen, she's going to escalate immediately. We know that. That's not an if. It's a when. To your point of being a C and, and wanting to be right, I remember a, a, a young manager probably 19 years old, maybe 1985. Could be this guy right here. I was running my first shift. And back then, you know, we were inside the store by ourselves because we just didn't sell all that much pizza. So like you said, I'm, I'm taking the orders over the phone. I'm making the pizzas, I'm boxing them, and I'm sending them out. And just to give you some idea of the time when I started, Domino's Pizza was 30 minutes or free. So pizzas got to the door in 30 minutes or they were free. And we hung our hat on how many lates you had. And if you had no lates, that was a good thing. So I'm making pizzas. The night's going pretty well. It's my first shift. I'm pretty excited. I'm ahead of the prep. I'm I'm making pizzas as fast as I can. I'm I'm making sure the drivers are hustling because we are not going to have any lates tonight. And this is before pulse. You know, this is this is door sheets, baby. <laughs> it's just 85, dude. This is you didn't have a computer in that store you know we got uh we got door sheets and a pen and i'm writing the orders down and baker's pride bake no i'll know i had a ctx 70 we called it the black hole for pizza but you put it in one end and hope it came out the other end so i've got about three orders on the make line there's three pink slips hanging up and uh so i got three pizzas to make the phone rings and, you know, thanks for choosing Domino's. This is Sam. How can I help you? And the guy says, hey, listen, I just ordered a sausage pizza and I got a pepperoni pizza. And I immediately, without hesitation, say, that can't be right. Because <laughs> I'm making all the pizzas. I'm boxing all the pizzas.
1: you've probably taken all of the orders.
0: Yeah. And I'm taking all the orders. So he, uh, he says to me, well, I'm looking at it and it's not what I ordered. Are you calling me a liar? And I'm like, uh-oh. And and, well, no, I'm not, but I'm making all the pizzas. And meanwhile, the next phone rings and I was really good at, you know, holding the phone to one ear and putting the other phone up and Domino's, can you hold and putting it on hold? And remember, there's three pizzas to make and it's 30 minutes are free. So now I'm talking to this guy and I know I'm right. And there's the line on hold and we're talking some more and then another phone rings. So now there's three pizzas to make. There's two lines on hold and I'm still talking to this guy and we keep talking and um as you may know i've got the gift to gab and uh probably 10 12 minutes go by and uh, i think i just frustrate him finally and he gives up and realizes that he's not getting another pizza from me so i hang up the phone and i think to myself all i do is win, win, win no matter what and back then a large pepperoni pizza was about a dollar 34 in raw food cost so now you may remember earlier in the story i told you there were three pink slips hanging our ticket average back then was about nine bucks so there's nine 18 27 bucks i told you two lines had called while i was on the phone there's another nine 18 so now we're at 45 bucks those two lines were no longer blinking because they had hung up they didn't want to wait on hold that long those three pieces on the make line ended up being late so they were free in my 15 minute win where i saved $1.87 $1. eighty-seven in raw food cost, I lost $45 in top line sales. Now, did the guy get the wrong pizza? Who cares? I saved $1. eighty-seven and lost $45 in sales. That is not a good risk reward. If I had have simply said, hey, thank you so much for pointing that out. I'm so sorry we failed to meet your expectations today. What can I do to put a smile on your face? I would have been off the phone in a minute 12 those three pizzas would have been on time i would have been able to take the other two orders i'd be 45 dollars ahead well 43 dollars ahead cuz i lost a dollar 86 driver would have had to take the run and then the other thought that occurred to me i don't know 40
1: years later is what if the pizza was wrong i'm going to say and the narrator says in line 2 was I got a, the wrong pizza. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He got a
0: pepperoni instead of the sausage and the other guy got a sausage instead of the pepperoni. And even though I made the pizzas correctly and boxed them correctly, maybe the driver was on a double and he switched them up. But I didn't even give the cu- the customer the opportunity to say that or to, or, or to figure out what really happened because I was too busy being that C in the disc profile and wanting to be right. It's just so much easier to say, sure.
1: We can do that. And we just don't want to. I had a customer care case where it wasn't really a customer care case. It was more of a customer inquiry that they were placing an order on the app and thought that they had placed the order multiple times. Yes. Hey, I had one of those last week. And I'm like, okay, cool. And she's like, I hit submit a couple of times, but I only have one receipt. I'm like, one receipt's good. Because if you had multiple receipts, we probably have multiple orders. I'm like, I only have one order in the system for you. And this is what I did. That I only have one order in the system for you, but tell you what, it just left on delivery. And just to be on the safe side, we're going to give this one to you for free so that none of these orders charge. And she's like, Really? I'm like, absolutely. Does that work for you tonight? She's like, 100%. I'm like, great. Come to find out, she actually did have two other orders in the system. They were both labeled as carryouts. Wow. You know, we've been traveling
0: a ton. You know, I don't know about you, but I've been making some. Some food choices at drive-throughs that weren't necessarily the healthiest. I, I have
1: I have been checking the competition. That's what I like to call it, market research.
0: Yeah, there you go. And what I'm finding in my market research is the state of our industry is pretty sad right now when it comes to customer service. And if we can crack that nut, if we could just be reasonably nice, we would be miles ahead of the competition. And I think that's how we separate ourselves from the competition. I don't think we can separate ourselves with product. I think if you go to any restaurant and the food is made spec and you get it hot and you get it fresh, it's going to be okay. And especially with pizza. I mean, don't shut the podcast off after I say this, but I've been to a Little Caesars. And when the pizza comes right out of the oven, it's not bad.
1: Boy, have you lost your mind? Because I'll help you find it.
0: It deteriorates very quickly, but right out of the oven, it's palatable. It's worth five bucks. We're just not going to separate ourselves with product. So we've got to separate ourselves with customer service. And when you think of Starbucks and Chick-fil-A, they're known for their service and even in and out. They're known for their service. They're known for clean restaurants and people in sharp image and... Um, well not Starbucks so much they're more of a dress what you want but the the restaurants are clean and the service is always really really good and you know why else would somebody pay eight dollars for a cup of coffee unless they're gonna get great service
1: in doing my market research customer service was lacking like like most of the customer services grunts with whatever your total is very seldom seldom a thank you there's the random here you go kind of back and forth I just want to know when did it be okay become okay to stop wearing hats and food service. I pulled up to a couple drive-thrus and there wasn't a single one. Now I didn't in and out because I, I only eat in and out once when I am out West because, well, it's not exactly good for you, but you got to do it once. And they're all in the 1950s paper hats. Everybody has a hat on. And it was the only place I went, the only place that had hats on. Let's tangent from customer service into image for just a minute.
0: Everybody says, oh, I can't get these guys to wear black pants, or I can't get them to tuck their shirts in, or I can't get them to do this or do that. When's the last time you went to an In-N-Out
1: and somebody wasn't in what is apparently their perfect image? I have not seen someone out of image at an In-N-Out at a Chick-fil-A. I mean, it it just doesn't happen. I'll be honest, dude, the Panda Express I went to, there was one person, I think the manager didn't have a hat on, but they were just working the front counter. It's like a lunch rush. Everybody else was in perfect image. Sorry, I didn't mean the tangent off of customer service, but it's still customer service because it's not its not a Domino's thing to have a hat on. It's a food safety thing because your hair is going to get into people's food. I know we'll table that for, for next week's episode. Let's bookmark image for
0: episode number 68, because uh, I think you and I are both getting a little wound up right now. So, so back to the service thing, you know, a friend of the show and a uh, five-star pizza company, supervisor extraordinaire, Sean Aiken, who you and I both worked with at the building, she tells a story and what she loves to do at McDonald's. If she gets the hand out the window without any eye contact, she'll just sit there, grab the food and say, you're welcome <laughs> until somebody, until somebody recognized her, then she's just got some crazy stories about people just looking back at her and going, do you need something? No, I just need you to say thank you. It's so simple. And, you know, we just we just got through that boost week and people, you know, a couple
1: of stores that I was working in, we had a lot of carry out traffic. Can we pause for a second before you get into that? Yeah. Can we just talk McDonald's for a second? Have it your way. I learned that that's, <laughs> that's Burger Kings and they're getting rid of that. They're, they're doing a whole uh, reimage thing, but um, I hear they got a new CEO. Yeah, that's probably a part of it. Um, I learned 10 or 12 years ago that when they ask you at the drive through to pull forward and and hop in a spot, it's because they have a service metric similar to Domino's with they delivered on time and they have a window metric and they're they're They need to be in that window metric or bad things happen. And once I learned that I no longer pull forward. I am 100% that guy when they're like, Hey, can you pull forward? We'll have your fries ready in a second. Your onion rings ready in a second. I'm like, no, I'm good. I'll wait right here. See, yeah, I
0: will. I'll do the wait right here. If I look in the rear view mirror and there's nobody else behind me. Yes. Yes. 100%. 100%. Yes. I knew about the metrics as well, because if you look in, you can see the clock in some of the restaurants. Yes. And yep. so I was in Ohio. It was the middle of the afternoon. And I was the only one in the drive through And I pull up to the window and the kid says to me, can you pull forward? And I looked into my rearview mirror and I said, oh, there's nobody behind me. I'll, I'll just hang out here. And he gets this dumbfounded look on his face like nobody had ever said it. And he goes and gets the manager. And she looks at me and she says we're on a service timer. Could you please pull forward so I can keep my times in line? And I looked at her and I said, I'm not going to get my food any faster. So your times will be inaccurate. And she looks at me and she basically screams at me and says, pull forward. So I pull forward. And then I think to myself and I pull back around to the window and I said, could you just give me my money back? And she does. And I said, you know, if you'd have just let me stay here, I'd have my food and you'd have my money. But right now, neither one of us have either of those things. We've got to stop letting these metrics that we're trying to deliver determine how we take care of the people that we're there to take care of. Metrics are great if we are accurately and honestly getting them. But if we're getting them at the cost of giving our customers
1: poor service, then our metrics are garbage. And do you know uh, what retail establishment has the highest sales dollars per square foot? Oh, wow. Um, I retail, feel like, Not just quick service, but retail.
0: I feel like we should play like 20 questions on this so that I can see if I can even get to the answer. Shall we play a game? Um, so retail, not just food yep. service. Would you consider this a big box store? No.
1: Oh, my goodness gracious. I'm out. I give up. You you have one probably sitting on your desk right now. You use it all the time. It's usually in your pocket. It's uh, a, 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 like a Verizon store or an Apple store. Apple store. Apple store has the, lar- the highest sales per square foot of any retail space in any category. They must have a crazy average ticket. They, they do. And the number, I can't remember the number off the top of my head, but it's absolutely insane. It's something like, like $2,000 a square foot in sales. It's just stupid. They only measure their managers by two things. Their equivalent of a net promoter score and the, oh my gosh, I can't even think of the second one because the second one's like almost irrelevant. It's like, it's like time. It's like time phone was in the back or something like that. Like it's, it's just It's just to make sure that the phone gets out of the back of the store fixed. This just in from our crack research staff. Did you just look it up?
0: The sales per square feet of an Apple U.S. store reached $6,290.
1: Per square foot. Yeah. And that's per what week or per? It's got to be it's got to be per week. You know what? It doesn't. uh, My research staff is not as quick. No worries. But here's my point. Think of the, some of the metrics that we have, right? All of them are actually lagging indicators, right? If you change it and only only focus on the CSAT score, the customer service score. If that's your focus and your focus is to ensure that every customer gets the get, gives you a 10, that you get the 5.0 on Google, that you get the net promoter, that that that's their experience, then you have to make the pizzas fast, deliver them correctly, quickly, get the carryouts in and out of the store in a nice way. Like you have to do all of these behavioral things to get that CSAT score because cheating it won't get you that CSAT score. I have come around to a place where when we talk customer service, the, the only metric I want to talk about is CSAT. And if your CSAT's not like over a nine, you're not servicing your customers. You're running around doing something.
0: It's amazing. And, you know, as you mentioned CSAT, we've got a listener of the show, a very great listener that works for Becca, um, and uh, her name is Tori. Uh, I heard that Tori has the number one CSAT in the nation. I wouldn't doubt that. And her former franchisee, friend of the show, Ray Sellers, you know what his tagline for Commonwealth Pizza was. Ray was free kindness with every order. Becca has uh, has continued that. And uh, Victoria is doing an amazing job. And I heard that she was the number one CSAT in the country. That's
1: crazy. I know friend of the show, Luann Saunders was three-time manager of the year. Top two, top three. That score each year she won. That's amazing. I'm not saying that she was third. I'm saying I know she was within that top three or top two. That's just crazy. So let's wrap up
0: episode 67. Let's uh, land this plane. What I think I hear us saying is we should give free kindness with every order. We should be nice to all of our customers. We should do the things that are going to make them want to come back. And we should
1: stop being CSI Domino's Pizza. At the moment of choice, right? If if we have an issue, we need to be as nice as possible and, and take the, it's not blame. Just apologize, give them what they want, give them something extra. However, before that moment occurs, if our focus is on customer service, those moments will occur less often. Yeah, I love that.
0: I love that. And then uh, I'll just throw out one tip that I teach in my customer service workshop. And feel free to use this, listeners. You know, when we say, wow, the concern, the first thing we say is apologize. I like to tell them before they apologize, they should thank the customer. They should thank them for bringing that to their attention. Because when you apologize, it changes it from them to you. Oh, I'm sorry. But when you say, thank you so much for bringing that to my attention, then we keep the focus on the customer. And I think it is a great way to deescalate anything from the beginning when we say, Oh, thank you so much for bringing that to my attention. I'm so sorry that happened. What can I do to put a smile on your face? If we learned to do those things and it just came out automatically and it came out sincerely, I promise you, your sales are going to start to go up. And are people going to start to take advantage of you? Yep, they are there's going to be a couple out there. There, There's nothing you can do about it. And the more you worry about it, the more undue stress you put on yourself and the harder you make your own job. So stop that and just give them what they want. Give them something extra
1: and raise your CSAT. I like that, Sam. And you know, for the listeners, you can hit that little backup button 15 seconds, 10 seconds and go back a couple seconds. And what Sam said works for every single time someone calls to say something whether it's about a product or about a team member. Thanks so much for bringing that to my attention. I'm terribly sorry that happened. What can I do to put a smile on your face? Works for every situation.
0: And that's all you have to say. And that, you, know, I'll leave you with this last thing. Maybe it's the last thing. Who knows? It's me. I always come up with one more thing. We've got to stop making excuses and giving reasons. Hey, listen, I'm sorry your pizza was late. We were really busy. That's not a them problem. That's an us problem. I'm so sorry we failed to meet your expectations. What can I do to put a smile on your face is the only thing you should say. Shouldn't tell them that I'm training a new pizza maker. You shouldn't tell them a driver had a flat tire. Oh, it's snowing out. That's why it's busy. I'm so sorry we failed to meet your expectations. What can we do to make it better? That's all
1: you need to say. We've been a little understaffed where you and I have been working. Is that a fair way to put that? Um, No. <laughs> Have, have you and I delivered a few pizzas over the last few weeks? Uh, more in the last few weeks than I've delivered in the last few years. I would 100% concur with that. My line at the door has been, every time has been, thanks so much for ordering tonight. I'm sorry this is later than we want it to be for you. Do you know though? We're hiring drivers. know anybody that needs a part-time job Here we go hunting wabbits again. so much for landing the plane sorry yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> we are uh, we're we're gonna circle this is your captain speaking. we'll be circling the runway is closed. you know the app you've got that little phone icon. I call every single customer when I'm two minutes out and first thing out of my mouth if it's over 25 minutes is I'm so sorry it's taken so long. I've got really good news. The pizza's hot and I'll be there in two minutes. And I haven't had a customer yet be angry. In fact, I would say 70 to 80% of them are saying, oh, it's okay, it's Friday night, we understand. And I'm not saying it's okay to be late. I'm saying if we initiate
1: the customer service, there's a good chance that the customer will respond in kind. You're going to defuse 99% of the situations by hitting it head on. And that phone call, Sam, I... I don't want to call it a security callback. It should be a tip callback. I want every driver to call back every customer. Two minutes out, three minutes out. I'm almost there. Have your porch light on because here in Michigan, it's dark at like three o'clock in the afternoon already. You know, you can set your delivery up so that they meet you at the door. And, in, and if you run a little behind, they will meet you at your car because they're hungry and they want the product and they think that'll happen faster. Like, like good things happen and the faster that exchange happens at the door, the faster you're back out on the road. I'm a huge fan of using that call button and calling the customer. I I will tell you, I am am not good at it when it's light out. And that's a me problem. Like two o'clock in the afternoon, I got no problems, especially because if I've had to take a run, it's because I'm like the second driver kind of thing. So it's not like it's really late. It's probably like 18, 20 minutes at the door. Yeah. Once it got to dark, I was calling everybody back. And unlike you, I haven't delivered like in the last two weeks now, taking like two deliveries.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't deliver a whole lot last week while I was there. But goodness gracious, the people are ready. And I can, I can take that transaction from three minutes to one minute. I'd save myself two minutes. I take 20 runs in a night. I've just given myself 40 extra minutes to deliver pizza, which is a run or two. And it could be a couple extra tips. And if you have to work, why not maximize your income
1: potential? Well, and, and for, no additional, for no additional effort, like the only effort here, looking down at the phone and going, okay, I, I've got five minutes till I get there. Cool get far enough out of the parking lot that you're on a straightaway that your Bluetooth is connected or whatever and hit the call button. Right. Like that's the additional effort. Yeah. that's it. It's just crazy. But it's that, it's that proactive customer service instead of reactive customer service. Exactly. If we're going to have a conversation
0: with somebody, why not initiate it and be in charge of it? I think that would be so much better. All right. um, We have been approved for landing and uh please make sure your great tables are in the upright position and your seat backs are fully declined unclined no longer reclined and uh this has been episode number 67 of drew and sam talk training i am sam with bowser consulting i
1: believe i am drew with better than yesterday consulting
0: hey as always share these with your friends and uh like us uh, send smoke signals so other people will see them if you send us. Release the carrier pigeons. Yeah, there you go. If you, <laughs> if you send us a picture that shows us that you have subscribed, we'll send you a hat pin. And I uh, saw a couple of those on Facebook this week. People seem to be pretty excited about them. I think somebody stole a hat pin off
1: your hat in Salt Lake last week, um, or you gave it to them. They didn't steal it they i i 100 gave them the hat pin off my hat so They're, that was nice they showed me they were listening yeah
0: well cool thanks gang we are very close to another uh milestone download which just surprises the heck out of both drew and i we love that you're listening to these things getting something out of them as always go out and sell more pizza and have more fun The the, that's all, folks. <laughs>